Okay, Jason King and Ashley Hodge here with the Sikkim 365 podcast for the Field of 68 Network. Joined by joined today by National Player of the Week for last week, and deservedly so, uh, Macy Oteague. Uh, one of the best performances I think I've ever seen by a Baylor player, and we've seen a lot of a lot of good ones over the years. Macy, of course, ten of twelve from three point range against Texas Tech. Uh, 35 points. Uh, it, it, it all happened on senior day. Just a, a great emotional day for everyone. The trophy was presented after the game and, and all that good stuff. So first of all, can you just describe to someone like Ashley and I who have never felt something like that, what it, what it feels like to just be in a zone like that where you just the basket looks like a hula hoop? <laughs> uh, it felt really good, uh, especially like my teammates kept encouraging me to shoot the ball. GAs I work out with, especially kept telling me to shoot the ball. Um, and they just told me, <laughs> or Davion specifically, I remember he told me uh, if I pump or if I pump fake, he was going to punch me. Like he didn't want to, even want me to pump fake because uh, guys right. were pumping pretty hard, but he didn't even want me to pump fake. He just wanted me to shoot it. So, I mean, it was a really good feeling uh, getting shots off and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm happy I made a lot of them. When you're making them at that rate, does your mindset change as far as how you approach things? Are you things are you taking shots that maybe you wouldn't take it, at other times? I mean, are you, are you taking more risks in, in in that situation? No, I think I only really shot like one heat check. I really wanted to shoot it from like half court for real, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't uh, like I didn't take any crazy shots, and that's probably why my percentage was so high. I was all in the flow of the game. The guys were finding mm-hmm. me. I don't think anyone would have complained if you shot a half quarter uh, the way you were playing the other day. You know, there's there's so much talk, and I've heard you refer to it in the coaches as well. I've seen videos of you after games at two and three hours after the game, still on the court shooting. I know a lot of work goes into those kind of performances. Tell us about your your work in terms of, like, do you have a certain number of threes you take every day? Is there a certain routine you've been going through? How many? That kind of stuff. How how have you uh, gotten to this this level uh, shooting wise? Uh, since we came back from the pandemic, uh, I switched up like the my routine of shooting the basketball, things I do, and uh, mm-hmm. I just I just feel like it's been really effective. Uh, I won't say specifically what I do, but it's uh, all like catered to what I need on the floor, and I feel like it's yeah. Really and actually, one more thing before I let you jump in. You, you've, I think it's great that you've really given a lot of credit to some of the GAs, Rim, and people like that. What is their job like? I mean, is it a deal where you might call them up at like 11 at night and say, hey, I want to go shoot? Or are they calling you? How do, how do they help you in terms of just the time they're putting in and, and all that stuff? Uh, it's really like you text them on a texting basis. But um, like I texted them last night. Uh, I'll shoot before practice, uh, try to shoot after. It just depends on like their schedule, what the coaches have them doing, like flipping film and stuff like that. So uh, we just work with, uh, with each other's schedules. Like sometimes I have, I graduated, so I, all my classes are really at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to get it in, like, before I go to class or something like that. And uh, it's just, like, just working together with our schedules that we have. Yeah. Okay. Macy, I do want to ask you, before we move on from the Texas Tech game, but uh, do you have something personal against Mac McClung? Why would you uh, break his ankles like that and make him fly out <laughs> of Man, uh, it was crazy. He almost like he he hit a three on me. He broke me off like. Two yeah. <laughs> but I just didn't fall on the ground. And uh, but nah, he's a good player. Nothing against the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I, I think um, I interviewed Jared Nunes, and and he mentioned that you were the guy that made it cool to be in the gym, to be a gym rat, to work hard. You know, and I, and I really just Jason and I have talked about this with so many people this year. 
but the culture of Baylor basketball has changed so much, you know, with you and Davion. And, and, and really, I got to give credit to uh, uh, Jake Lindsay and King McClure, because I think they were two guys that really, you know, set things in stone and, and you know, got things rolling. But then you and, and, and uh, Davion just took it to a different level, just with your work ethic and the, your, you know, your professionalism. I know Matt Meyer mentioned that, but, you know, where, where did that come from? Is that, if, have you always just been a grinder or is that something that's happened as you've gotten older? Yeah, uh, I've always been going to the gym a lot. Um, just felt like there's nothing better to do. Uh, when I was growing up around high school, like kids start going away from the gym, like start getting interested in other things. Like, you know how it is, like when you're 14, 17 years old, like you want to experience new things, like you get more freedom away from home. But like, I didn't think it was anything cooler than going to the gym. And I always knew what my dream was. So uh, I just wanted to work as hard as I could. So I would have no regrets, like at the end of my career. Right. And, and, and in the, in the crowd um, on Sunday, there was a lot of this going on, you know, so I, I think, I think this is catching on. I mean, I, I saw this at least 10 times, you know, during the game, uh, where, where did the call God come from? Is that something you started at Baylor? Or did you do that before Baylor? No, it was something I started at Baylor uh, last year. Um, I started off the season. All right. But like, like you said, I like go to the gym all the time. And um, I just felt, that at one point during the season, like basketball was first and then it was like uh, second. And uh, I remember when I went home over Christmas break, like we had like a seven day Christmas break. And uh, I just took some time to reflect on that. And uh, I remember my brother just kept saying it because uh, we both were like, I liked Antonio Brown and uh, that's really who I got it from. And I heard him saying it, um, I like I got it from him and I heard him saying like call God. And I was like, oh, I could do this on the floor like to uh, let God, let, like, let the world know that like he's on the floor with me, like regardless of how good the game's going, how bad the game's going, just like the guys on, with me on the floor. So like, that's the reason for the whole thing. The other day, my son's game, they said we were losing 20 to zero in our big 11 year old game. And my, my son hit a three. So now it was 20 to three. I looked up and he was running down the court to it. I'm like, don't do it when you're down by 20 points. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought one of the coolest moments the other day, one of the most kind of meaningful moments as my dog gets in here was, uh, was after it was before the game, I believe it was, or after when uh, the parents got a chance to talk, um, and, and kind of say some nice things to their sons, uh, on, on the video screen and your mom, uh, her, her speech really kind of hit home and, um, was, was just powerful. Clearly she's been a huge presence in your life and a huge reason for your success what talk, talk to me about her when you were kind of at a young age and, and, and decided that basketball was something you really wanted to pursue. How, how did she really encourage you and, and guide you during that time? Uh, she really helped me out um, growing up, just going to the gym with me a lot, uh, just watching basketball with me, just showing me different things on the floor, uh, telling me to watch this guy. Like, if you want to play like somebody, just watch him. Like, don't just watch the game. Just a lot of the mental things that go into the game. She really helped me out with a lot and uh, being strong mentally. And uh, just really persevering through anything. Right. Also, along that line, I mean, there's there's so much dedication that has to take place on your end. I mean, can you can you remember her driving you from game to game and gym to gym and practice to practice? I mean, was there a lot of time that, that she had to put in to help you um, get to where you are? Yeah, even that, like on AAU trips, they always used to go to the games on AAU trips uh, for the weekends, uh, driving me from place to place, uh, taking me from the gym until, like, we live like two miles away from the gym. I used to just walk. walk. But yeah, like get me up. I used to, and even my dad as well. Like I used to go to the gym 
and work out with my high school coach in the morning at like six o'clock in the morning. And he's taking me over there. Uh, I used to, we used to work out before school. You know, I used to go do yoga before school, like hot yoga. And um, like my dad used to take me over there. So like I had really supported parents throughout my entire career. That's awesome. Great. Did you did did you happen to catch her? She she did the post game show with us, uh, Sikkim three sixty five after the Kansas game. Did that hit your radar at all? No, nah, I, I don't. I never listen to any interviews. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so so I did ask her. Uh, she was great, by the way. She and, and and she was a natural doing that. But I asked her for some uh, good information about you as we were doing this interview, and she said, uh, you know, Mesa is very competitive. We have a family night where we play Monopoly and says sometimes we'll play for three plus hours and he's very strategic. He wants to beat you down to the point where he has all your money and all your properties. He says (laughs) if if he does lose, which isn't very often, he's going to want an immediate rematch, um, even if it's, you know, after midnight and he's going to want to play connect four or a shorter game or something just so he can walk away with a win. And then you're going to hear about it for days. And then I got to follow up to that, but uh, just comment on that. Uh, yeah, I think I'm like the, like besides basketball, like I'm the best like game player in the world. Like not video games, I don't play that. But Monopoly, I'm probably the best. Uh, Uno, I'm for sure the best in Uno. Like nobody can beat me in that. Uh, I play a card game called Speed. Man, like I'm I'm the best in that too. Like I, I'm I'm really like I know this sounds crazy. Connect Four, I'm also the best. Like I rarely lose in that. Like I can't tell you the last time I lost a series. So if anybody wants to play any of these games, like I'm willing to play. But, yeah. you're, but you're not a video game guy. It's mostly uh, mostly the old school board games and card games, huh? Not a video game. I, I I had an Xbox 360 growing up, but I haven't played a video game. Like that was my own probably since like 2010. All right. So so she followed this up with uh, Maceo also likes to compete with me baking brownies. He he always says, "Mom, my brownies are better than yours." And he says, "Now now your dad's gotten into the action. Uh, Sean's starting to bake brownies also." And and even though you haven't even tasted Sean's brownies, you, you swear that yours are better. Uh, yeah. He says he's a funny dude. He's a joy a joy to have as a son. So uh, is that uh, are you are you legit? You got some baking skills too. I mean, is that something in your repertoire? Man, listen, they're straight out the box brownies, but I can bake a pound cake though. <laughs> <laughs> I really can cook though. I, I, I could show you guys some pictures. I don't know where they are, but I, I do have some pictures of some food that I made like in the past uh, on a grill. Uh, in the kitchen, like sweet potatoes, mac and cheese, like a whole bunch of stuff that I made. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think my brownies are good though. Awesome. What's your take on that uh, skyline chili up there in uh, Cincinnati? That's real popular. Uh, people eat it. I don't eat it though. I don't eat Skyline Gold Star. Like, I don't. I, I like. I only like grilled hot dogs. So I don't. I don't really yeah. like boiled hot dogs. That's not for me. So yeah, I didn't like it either. They put cinnamon all up in the chili. I didn't think it tasted good, but but I did have some of the best wings I've ever had up there in a place. I think it was called Mike's. It was incredible. Oh yeah, in, uh, in Cincinnati. Hey, uh, you know Jeff Goodman is is uh, the one kind of behind this podcast. It's his podcast network. He's one of my best friends in the business. But I remember last year, you know, talking to him. He told me the story about when you missed a free throw at the end of a game. I guess it affected the the Vegas gambling line or whatever um and you got all this kind of like hate on social media and stuff what was i mean it's kind of i sit here and laugh about it but that probably really did kind of suck for you right i mean just having to deal with that what was that can you tell us that story and, uh, and uh, we we're at kansas state uh we were up six uh the, the spread was six and a half um yeah. i missed both free throws and it was a it was like it was a uh, we're gonna double bonus i missed both 
and I shoot like right. 80, 86 on my career right. <laughs> like that. So, so people thought I like threw the game. I was getting like death threats in my DMs. Like people were requesting money from me and stuff like that. Uh, on like Venmo, like people found my Venmo and uh, requesting money. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like I, I really didn't care about it. I mean, I've heard. Well, actually, I have not heard worse things, but like. Uh, <laughs> Like it, it just it really didn't bother me because I was thinking like just imagine like you're LeBron James, now you get yeah. this all the time like you asked to so uh, so yeah like, uh, it really didn't bother me at all. I mean it's it just, was just awesome. it, it it was just one day but probably they let it go. What's up, college basketball fans? It's that time of the year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while teams, while, while the best teams in the country are, are gearing for a deep run. Bids will be punched. Slippers will be fit, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are putting my listeners at the center of the action. If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. Download the app now. Use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs and bet $4 on them to win $256. That's 4 bucks to win $256. There's no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to use than to put your money where your mouth is at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So remember, that's Field 68, not Field of 68, just Field 68. Uh, to turn $4 into two fifty six. dollars This is for a limited time only now, and you got to be 21, obviously. Uh, restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com. And obviously, if you have a gambling problem, uh, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, also, in the last few days, a couple, you know, the Big 12, all Big 12 teams have been announced. Uh, you were definitely first team all snubbed team, in my opinion, because I just don't understand, uh, you know, how someone could put you on third team if, you know, it should be first or second uh, without question, probably first. I mean, I don't get it. Did that, um, do things like that get to you uh, when, when you see stuff like that? Do you let it motivate you? Do you just ignore it? How, how do you respond when you go out and average 16 points a game and are one of the top defensive players of the league, and then you see certain guys ahead of you on those teams? Man, I was uh, I was ranked like 300 something in high school. I went to UNC Asheville, took a different route, came to Baylor. Uh, was, I mean, uh, it's always a way. And uh, more of the story is these. It's just someone's opinion. Doesn't really matter. It's like somebody voting on it. Who vote? I don't even know who votes on this stuff, but the coach. Yeah. The coaches yesterday, and then the then the one today is the media. Ah, well, that's yeah. fine. If the, if the coaches think there's 16 players in the league better than me, that's Fine with me. Like, I, it's just their opinion. Uh, yeah, their teams. Well, Kansas did, but uh, their teams didn't beat us. So, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I really, you know, I used to vote on these teams when I worked at you know different media outlets, and it, it's really just disheartening to see. But I, I just think that there's so much that goes into it. This with some of these people's thinking, besides like who's the most deserving. It's like, well, we've already got two Baylor players on first team. We can't have three or. You know, in the case of Mark Vidal, which is another just complete joke that he didn't even make one of the top three teams. It's like we can't have four Baylor players in our top 15. That's just too many. But so it becomes more of a like a participation award type of thing. Like, let's make sure everyone has someone and let's balance it out. And then all of a sudden you see guys like yourself kind of get screwed. So luck, hope, I'm glad that you don't 
take that kind of stuff too seriously because it, it shouldn't be. Ashley, what do you got? Yeah, I, I want to ask you about your defense because I think I think you were a good defender last year, but I think you've taken your defense to another level. And I saw that somebody tweeted out, I think a West Virginia account, that you were holding opposing shooters to 17% uh, yeah, percentage before the uh, Texas Tech game, or, or maybe what a great stat! That was yeah. a great stat. Incredible. Um, you know, I, I know you know you got long wingspan. You you stay connected to guys. What happened to you Sunday with Mac McClung? It's very rare. I mean, you normally are right there contesting the jump shot really well, and you don't foul. Uh, you don't turn the ball over. I mean, you do so many little things. I mean, uh, you know, have you, is that something you've really taken pride in this year? That you when you, when you went through the pro process you know uh flirting with the nba draft you know what was the feedback you got and, and do you feel like you've uh, been able to excel at some of the things they told you you needed to improve on man uh, i'll say only one of them. one of the things was defense and uh, i yep. feel like i've been excelling on the defense uh category yep. but uh, all the other things that they said i need to work on i feel like i've done a great job like uh just responding to what they said and showing like improvement even if it's one percent like uh like at least improvement for myself. Like I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday that right. I was last year. And even if it's 1% better than that, at least I've taken a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, I really like responded well in every aspect that they gave me to get better. And I have like the spreadsheet on my, I took notes on during the interviews and stuff of what they said I need to get better in. And I like, I like check off like nine of like the 10 things that I wrote down. That's awesome. All right, so so I there's uh, nine guys on your team shooting better than forty percent from three. Now that you have that ten for twelve uh, performance, you're you're at that forty percent mark for the year. So, uh, I, would you like to take a guess on who those uh, nine guys are total shooting over forty percent from three point range? Uh, Matt, Avion, Jared, uh, Flag. LJ, let's see, um, let's see, who else is in the locker room? So, Mark Patterson, I don't think he's taking the three. Uh, he's Mark, one of them. He's one for one. Mark, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Mark he's Patterson. one for one. So he's on. Love Day. Zach Love Day is probably. Yep. And uh, who else would have taken a three? Jordan Turner. Jordan Turner, you got them all, man. I'm impressed. Nice. Good job. All right. Hey, back, back to what you were saying about defense. Um, what's it like playing? I mean, how infectious is it on this team where, you know, I mean, some teams, you know, you want to have competitions on who can dunk the most or who can score the most. But on this team, I mean, obviously, Davion and Mark get a lot of attention for their defense and rightfully so. But now you've got Jared uh, Butler as one of the league leaders in steals. Ashley mentioned your stat about being such a good on-ball defender, you know, opponent shooting 17%. Is defense kind of something that you guys talk about a lot and, and, I don't know, maybe have some kind of internal competition? Or how does, this, how does this team get to the point where everyone is on the same page defensively and really embraces it? Man, uh, Davion, he's like, in film, if you get scored on, he, like, makes, like, little remarks. So uh, if he gets scored on, we make a little remark on him. But it's rare that, like, you get, a, get to say something about him. So, uh, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Like, when they score on you, that's what you hear Davion in the background saying, like, giving it to him. Like, he'll say something crazy like that. Really? <laughs> really don't want to get scored on based off of that. And uh, when I get stops, like, they'll show sometimes, like, this is the shot we want to make him shoot. And if I get a stop, I'm talking right back to him. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you see I'm locking up right there. And, right. So, and I tell Davion all the time I play defense better than him. Uh, and 
And uh, yeah, I don't really think I do, but he, he slides his feet too well. He gets like charges, like turnovers, stuff like that. But um, and actually, he just told me a stat yesterday. He said that he was like number like the the best in ISOs. He gets like a turnover twenty seven percent of the time. He said, so since you want to bring up the seventeen percent, since you want to bring up stats, let me bring up my stats. So he told me that yesterday. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a competition in the locker room to see who's playing the best. D. Do Do you have players in the Big Twelve that you look forward? To, to going up against or teams? I mean, is there, is there certain games or uh, opponents that you get extra juiced for? Nah, they all, they all put our uh, pants on the same way. Um, <laughs> Mason, I want to ask you, you know, what has Baylor meant to you off the court? I know, yeah. I know obviously it's been a, a lot better basketball experience. And, and hey, first of all, I want to say that I'm glad you got to experience this winning at the level you have, you're 47 and five in the two years that you've been at Baylor, I believe. And as a, as a lifelong Cincinnati Bengal fan, I know you, I know you're used to losing. So <laughs> I want to put that out there. Um, but, <laughs> but, but no, seriously, I, I want to hear about Baylor as far as just um, off, off the court, you know, your spiritual development, you know, what, you, you know, maybe some relationships that have meant a lot to you in the last three years. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear some comments about that. Uh, just coming to Baylor, uh, I feel like I've grown spiritually. Um, just with Coach Drew, uh, him being the head of like the program, he's really spiritual. He really practices what he preaches and things like that. So uh, like the media may not know it, but he's uh, definitely a guy who's he's not a hypocrite. Like he tries to live like a, a straight life. Like uh, he tries to set the example for us, and uh, I feel like he does a great job at that. And, um, but yeah, I feel like uh, grown. Like I I went to. It's, it's a thing called be unfiltered or something like that. And uh, especially like a big Bible study for student athletes. And I went uh, for the first time in like, I, maybe it was like September, then I went in October, but like, I never thought I would go to like a night Bible study. So like, uh, I, it, it was like an hour out my night, but it was still cool to go to it. And, um, and I just felt like I've grown spiritually in that area, made some lifelong connections, like friends and stuff like that on the team, uh, grown really close to guys. Especially guys like Dave Rim, um, Obim and Mark, Matt Gray, uh, Peyton, those are all GAs, the last three I just named. Um, really growing really close to those guys. And even LJ, like I'm super close with him, even though uh, it's like he's just a freshman, like he's one of the guys I kind of took under my wing. And um, yeah, just made a lot of lifelong connections. Yeah, you know, I, and I've heard you um, say in several interviews that like you take a lot of pride in the future of this program. I mean, obviously, you're going to be departing, but you, you really care about like, you know, the next, the next guys that come in, you know, Baylor having recruiting success, you know, I've heard that from several people, you know, what, what does it mean to you as far as just leaving a legacy and, and building a standard of excellence as, as the program moves forward? Uh, I mean, it means a lot. Uh, you just want to leave behind as much as you can, uh, just paying it forward. Uh, a lot of the guys, older guys, paid it forward to me. But I want to say older, but uh, Jake Lindsay was here before I was. Right. And um, like he just showed me the ropes, kind of Tweety Carter. He always comes back and like talks to me and stuff like that. Royce, he's like paid it forward to me. And um, yeah, so like guys like that have like kind of inspired me to try to do the same for the younger guys on the team. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, before we let you go, just, just last thing, um, you know, Big 12 tournaments coming up this week. After the big win Sunday, did y'all take a day off? Have you had any talks yet about, you know, all that lies ahead and just kind of everyone getting in the right mind frame as you kind of reset here and, and, and start the postseason? 
Uh, we were off Monday uh, yesterday, but um, I mean, we'll we'll start practice back today, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we got games Thursday through Saturday, hopefully. So um, yeah, we're just looking forward to getting it going in the uh, postseason here. So many people like you know, there's so much focus on the NCAA tournament, but this Big Twelve tournament's a big deal to you guys, right? I mean, no team from Texas has ever won the Big Twelve tournament, which is crazy. And plus, and, and obviously that means Baylor hasn't won it. Is this a is this a big thing for you guys to go up there and win? Uh, yeah, for sure it is. Um, we want to win as many games as possible, and we don't want to let one slip through the cracks. Uh, we we just want to go out there and play and compete at a high level. Right. What are your thoughts on potentially playing Kansas again? Is there any revenge factor there? Does that have any? Nah, I mean, uh, they got the best of us at their place. Uh, it might be a revenge factor with the other guys, but for me, I mean, it's just another game. Uh, just another bump in the road, man. Just got to go out there and compete as hard yeah. as possible. Ashley, anything else? I, I can't think of much else to say. I just, I just want to say thank you. I know I speak for all the Baylor fans. We admire your demeanor, your professionalism. You know, I think uh, we're going to miss uh, so many things about you. Um, not only your great offense, but uh, just, just the way you carry yourself and, and the little things you do to make Baylor great. So you brought us a lot of joy, and I just want to say thank you. And uh, hopefully, we have nine games left in. Let's just uh, you can't win uh, you can't win twelve in a row until you win four in a row. So beat TCU or Kansas, whoever you play. That's right. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, Maceo. For Ashley Hodge and uh, Maceo Teague, I'm Jason King for the Field of 68 podcast and uh, Second 365 podcast. Thanks. Bears.